Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, it's a finality Monday here on Birds 365. Are you ready for a long off season, Eagles fans? We're here to get it started for you on Birds 365. Uh, Jody McDonald, along with my bud Jeff Kerr today, John McMullen is winging his way back to the cold and the rain and the long off season we are about to enter here in Philadelphia. The Eagle season is over and done with. And we're going to give you the good and the bad of it over the next two hours. Uh, Jeff Kerr, 31-15, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What the heck happened? Well, the final score wasn't an indictment of how bad Tampa beat them yesterday. I'll, I'll just leave it at that, Jody. You know, it's it was a calamity of mistakes on offense, on defense, on special teams, before I turn it back to you, I don't want to see Jalen Rager catch another pass. I don't want to see him touch another football. That that was probably the worst performance I've seen out of a football player in a big game ever. And there are a whole bunch of things that we're going to point to today, tomorrow, for the next several weeks. Uh, this is show 196 of Birds 365. So we will have our 200 show at the end of the week, which I'm looking forward to. It's been a cool 200. I got bad news, though. I got another number, 238. That's the approximate days before the Eagles play another meaningful game. And no, I don't count preseason. Uh, But if you believe that the season's going to start on the second uh, Sunday of September, that's 238 days from now. Damn, that seems like a long way off. It seems like a long way that we've done 230 Birds 365 episodes. we got to wait another 238 days before the Eagles play again. That's exactly right. So let's see where we sit, how we got here. Um, I am 100% with you. Jalen Rager should never don a Philadelphia Eagle uniform again. I know that because of rookie contracts, the way they're structured, cutting him this offseason is going to be the same cap hit as uh, keeping him this offseason, it's no better, no worse. It's basically the same thing. He's got to go. He can't be here. At some point, as an organization, you have to let your players know that if you don't live up to expectations, if you don't produce, and here's the thing that really bothers me, if you don't improve, Jalen Rager has not improved. From the day he put his name on the dotted line with the Philadelphia Eagles to two years later, he has not gotten any better. Well, then there's got to be consequences. And the consequences is he should never play for the Eagles again. So there are no excuses. There are no, they used a draft pick on him. There are no, well, but he's got athletic gifts that other wide receivers don't have. 
like Greg Ward. Uh, so you got to give him a chance. No, 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 no. I am 100% with you. It is 100% time to move on from Jalen Rager. He should never play another snap in the Eagles uniform. And that's a, uh, a, a questioning of the head coach, the offensive coordinator, certainly the general manager. I think he's the driving force of all of them. But nobody gets a pass in this. This is an organizational critique and criticism. Jalen Rager should never be a Philadelphia Eagle another day. And Jalen Rager was part of the problem of this football team yesterday. There were too many guys on that football field that didn't deserve to be on that football field. You don't got TJ Edwards on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing significant snaps on defense. You don't. The only way they're playing is if significant injuries. And this isn't a knock on TJ Edwards here, but this is the problem right now with the Philadelphia Eagles. They don't match up talent-wise. When I hope Eagles fans got a really, really good look at the elite teams in the National Football League this weekend. And I'm talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills. I'm talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, these are teams that they are deep across the board. And look, I, I know Tampa Bay lost Tristan Wirfs yesterday, and Ryan Kerrigan could basically eat Tom Brady for lunch after that when he wanted. But you are playing elite talent at that position. And, and that's everywhere in Tampa Bay. Shaq Barrett. Levante David, Devin White. The Eagle, when are they getting a, a Levante David or Devin White? Well, we're going out there with TJ Edwards and Alex Singleton. You're really going to beat Tom Brady with that? No, you're not. And Jalen Rager, you couldn't have anybody better catch a punt. I know Greg Ward was, was out, but you couldn't have anybody go back there and just catch a punt. Just catch it. Kenny Gainwell couldn't do that. Boston Scott couldn't do that. you got to be kidding me. All the proof to your fan base who already knows he's not that good, Jalen Rager was worth the first-round pick. No, he wasn't. He cost the Eagles this football game just as much as Jalen Hurts, just as much as the offensive line, just as much as the defensive line, just as much as the secondary. Jalen Rager is the problem in Philadelphia. Players like him, you got to get rid of players like him and get some actual talent in here. This, This was a playoff team. I am not arguing that. It was a good season. They went to the playoffs. They overachieved. But if you want to take the next step, you got to get the J- the Jalen Rikers, the J.J. Ortega-White sides, the, you know, all these T.J. Edwards-type players, Steve, even Steve Nelson. And Steve Nelson, I thought, had an okay year. But you got to get oh. rid of <laughs> Be yeah. very careful. Be very yeah. careful. You, uh, you strayed too far, Jeff Kerr. Steven Nelson had a, a dynamite year for this team. And I can foresee him uh, going away during free agency. Somebody giving him more money because how he's smarter than everybody else. Be very careful. Steven Nelson played real. Any of the Eagle D-backs you would rather see play than Steven Nelson? Oh, I'll give you Greg Ward right now for Jalen Rager. Give me the DB you want to see playing instead of Steven Nelson. Oh, well, that's the thing. Can, can you upgrade this offseason? And we're, we're going to be talking about that all. Can you upgrade at cornerback two? Is, is Zach McPherson ready? I don't know. Like, Steven Nelson filled a nice gap for them this year. But still, these are the type of players you need to improve upon. Like, I, I hate to lump him in there with them. But, again, this is what it's going to take to beat a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that they don't seem to be going away anytime soon. It, it just seems like they're loaded with talent and the cupboard isn't bare in Tampa. All right. I, I, I think Steven Nelson had a damn good year. And I think he's one of the players the Eagles should seriously think about resigning. There's a whole bunch that we'll talk about today, tomorrow, the rest of the week, the rest of the month that the Eagles have to get better than 
I don't think Stephen Nelson is one of them, but uh, we digress. Uh, Jeff, let's start at the start. And I know I'm going to sound like a broken record when I go down this road, but it evolves into a larger uh, premises. Before the game was ever played, Eagles went out to the middle of the field for the coin toss. And they won the coin toss. And I should have this uh, figure, but I don't. I know McMullen would. Um, I think in the 18 games they played this year, I think the Eagles won about 12 coin tosses, which is a pretty good number. I think they won about two-thirds of them. And when they did, they deferred every single time. And they do so because of the analytics of it. That, oh, if you get that extra possession in at the end of the first half, you're going to have back-to-back possessions. You can really build momentum. You can end up with one more possession than the other team at the end of the game. I get all the math of it. I understand it all. But it does not define that decision. It doesn't, because it, it has the mathematical parameters that it does, it means that you have to do it every single time. If ever there was an example of when the decision should be based on the matchup of the two teams rather than what the analytics say you should do, it was yesterday. You've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You've got Tom Brady. You've got the GOAT. You've got him coming out against your defense, which Jonathan Gannon always has to start with the soft zone defense, and he has the possibility of picking you apart and taking it down the field and sticking it in the end zone. Oh, by the way, that's exactly what he did. Or you can take the ball. Your run-based offense. You need to establish the fact that you can run the ball against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I would rather attempt to do that at nothing-nothing than seven-to-nothing. Because, oh, by the way, seven-to-nothing, if you have a quick three-and-out, like the Eagles did, can become 14-to-nothing. And then it changes the entire dynamic of the game. Nick Sirianni, who I'm very pleased with for a first-year coach and want to do nothing but sing his praises and emphasize the positive, is an idiot. You cannot defer to start that game yesterday. I said it from the moment, and God bless John McMullen. My partner texts me every week at approximately 12.59 to tell me what happened with the coin flip because he's there at the stadium, and I'm sitting at home waiting for the game to start. And he told me the Eagles won the toss and they deferred. And I wanted to throw my uh, phone across the room. It it just was a dumb decision. It's it's sometimes the right decision. Sometimes it's exactly what you want to do. But the fact that they make it without even thinking about it just annoys the snot out of me, Jeff Carr. Am I a madman out on a limb or do I have a legitimate line of thinking? No, because I thought the same thing you did yesterday, Jody. I, I'm thinking along the lines of you got a 23-year-old quarterback who was making this first playoff start. You want to kind of get him settled in the game. You knew Todd Bowles was going to blitz him and do all that. But I think I'd rather see him get the ball first and get some positive momentum. If they could. They go three and out, they go three and out. But I don't like Jalen Hurts entering that football game down 7 nothing before he even touched the football. And that, that was my issue. And you knew that was going to happen because – that's Jonathan Gannon. I don't want to hear about the Derek Barnett penalty. You know what? Derek Barnett has a reputation. Was it a BS penalty? Absolutely it was. But he has a reputation for unnecessary roughness and rough in the passer, and they, they had an opportunity. And, uh, look, that led to the touchdown. But you, the bottom line is you were still down 7 nothing by the time Jalen Hurts touched the football. Now Tampa Bay's defense were like, oh, man, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. No, 
you're on your toes if you start the game because it's 0-0. And maybe you can get the running game going. And maybe you can get Jalen Hurts to connect on a short throw. And then maybe things go de- – the optics say receive. I, I mean, that's just me. The optics say receive. I, I get the analytics, but we were d- discussing this at CBS yesterday during the second game. Why do teams defer? Well, as you said, Jody, for that extra 2-1 possession thing. But that kind of skews the whole game plan because what happens if you're down 14-17? That kind of gets rid of the per. Oh, what happens if you don't score before the half? Or what happens if you don't score after the half? I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're, we're set in our ways with certain things and deferring the kickoff is one of them. I, I just didn't like it yesterday. I thought Nick Sirianni should have been a little more aggressive. As a matter of fact, I don't think he was aggressive at all yesterday if, You know, if you look at the entire game plan. Um, is we'll get into his game plan, uh, and we'll do so, uh, as I say, over the course of today's show, the next week, the next month. Um, the Derek Barnett penalty, not to the level of uh, Jalen Rager, but Derek Barnett, nice knowing you. Um, his contract is up at the end of the season. I don't think there is rhyme or reason as to why the Eagles could or should or will be bringing him back. Um, was it a borderline call, the roughing the passer penalty? Yes. Um, Trey Aikman, who many Eagle fans that I've been talking to over the years, uh, 20 years now on uh, WIP, just can't stand him because he's a former Eagle uh, Cowboy quarterback. He's a damn good announcer, and he took your back, Eagle fans, that he thought it was a bad call. I thought it was a borderline call. Should it have been called? Probably not. You don't give the referee that chance. You know that there's a possibility that they're going to throw the flag. What did the hit accomplish? I know the whole thing, he's making his move toward the quarterback. He can't stop. Yeah, you can. Guys do it all the time. Guys pull up. Guys slide off. Guys make sure they don't get the penalty. Derek Barnett doesn't do that. Why? As Jeff Carr just correctly pointed out, he's got a reputation. That's the way he plays the game. He plays the game foolishly. He can't be back here. He was a major disappointment this year. If you want to hang it, oh, the Eagles lost because of that penalty. Well, it was a 50-50 shot, and the 50 went against the Eagles. So sorry. They had every chance to right the wrong thereafter, and they didn't. Why? Because the Bucs were just that much better a team than them. Which brings us to another conversation, which I'm going to sound about uh, like a broken record again. But it's only a two-week broken record other than a – full season broken record like me whining and moaning about uh, the deferral of Nick Sirianni. Coming into this game, starting with after the Eagles clinched their playoff position, now more than two weeks ago, we started to look ahead to the teams that the Eagles could potentially play. And I don't know uh, if you specifically are on this train, Jeff Kerr. I'm giving you a potential to take a pass here. I hope you're honest with me. And I apologize for not remembering exactly what you said. We had a whole bunch of guys on Birds 365 here. Myself, John McMullen, and a lot of guests. I had guests on WIP. I talked to a lot of WIP callers who, in my estimation, unbelievably foolishly said, Bring on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was not me. <laughs> okay, good for you, Jeff Kerr. I didn't think it was. That's why I didn't want to drop it in your lap because I, I didn't think you were one of them. One of our guests later today, Paul Domwich, was, and we'll talk to him about this. Another one was my partner, uh, John McMullen, who said, yes, 
I would rather play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers than the Dallas Cowboys. And I tried to enlighten these people over the last two weeks. And some of them listened. Some of them readjusted. Some of them took firm stances. And after yesterday's results, you just can't possibly look yourself in the mirror and say, yeah, I had that one right. Why would you want Tom Brady? If you have your choice between Matthew Stafford, uh, Kyla Murray, Dak Prescott, or Tom Brady, the last guy you should ask for is Tom Brady. Now, I posed it between the Bucs and the Cowboys. There were some people who said Tom Brady would be their number one choice. The beat-up Buccaneers, the limping into the playoffs Buccaneers, the injured Buccaneers were the team they wanted to face, which was, quite frankly, asinine. And yet a whole bunch of guys said just that. And way too many, many said, give me the bucks over the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. It's just dumb, Jeff Kerr. Tom Brady, and I know he doesn't listen to Birds 365 or get the lowdown from the Philadelphia radio airway down here. But this is the kind of stuff that he lives for. Just tell him you can't do something. Like Nick Sirianni possibly going, yeah, Tom, here, you take the ball first and go down the field against it. You don't do that. There's a reason that he's the GOAT. There's a reason he's the best of all time. You don't tug on Superman's cape. And that's exactly what a lot of Philadelphia media and Eagle fans did before this game was ever played. Uh, be careful what you ask for, because Tom Brady just gave it to you. I was going to joke with uh, Rob Motti last week, because he was the one who asked Tom Brady about the whole Nick Foles Super Bowl uh, non-handshake. I'm like, oh, th- thanks, Rob. Thanks for motivating him even more now. You know, I'm sure he always, you know, Jim Gray did on Sirius XM NFL Radio this week too, brought, brought up the whole Super Bowl loss Eagles. I'm like, well, Tom Brady's already motivated to kick the Eagles' butts. So I didn't want any part of that Tampa Bay team. I, I don't care how beat up they were. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians are the best quarterback head coach duo in the NFL right now. Why? Because I ranked them over the offseason. Uh, right now, they are undefeated in the playoffs, and they're just a really good football team. And Bruce Arians is absolutely right. Once Tom Brady figures you out, it's game over. And Brady was able to do that early and often. And, yeah, the Eagles had their opportunities, no doubt. But basically, if you blinked, they were down 17-0. And I didn't want any part to do with them. I really want any part to do with the Cowboys here because that's a mismatch for the Eagles. I loved how the Cowboys drew the 49ers because I knew that was a matchup that they weren't going to win. And then, you know, that was a battle of idiots between Kyle Shanahan and Mike McCarthy. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But yeah, those were, if, if I had to pick, if you're, you're an Eagles fan and you want to pick the team, I would pick either the Rams or the Cardinals, whoever's playing tonight, because the Rams their offense is struggling going into the playoffs. I know Cam Akers is back, but Matthew Stafford just turns the ball over left to right for no inexplicable reason. And the Cardinals have been limping into the playoffs. I mean, that's a team that's limping, not Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay just had guys beat up. Tampa Bay was still winning football games. I didn't want anything to do with Tampa. I didn't want anything to do with Dallas. But Tampa especially. And, you know, going down there, it's Tampa just proved why they're one of the top three, top four teams in the NFL yesterday. Like, everybody just keeps talking about – Super Bowl contender, Super Bowl contender, and everybody was trying to stay Dallas Cowboys. I'm like, no, it's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's it's Tampa Bay. It's Tampa Bay, Green Bay. It's Kansas City. It's Buffalo. And unfortunately, one of them is going to get eliminated next week, which I don't get. But, again, it, it's just one of those teams. You don't want to face the GOAT. You just don't. I don't want to face – I don't like to face Patrick Mahomes. I don't like to face Josh Allen. I don't like to face Aaron Rodgers. I don't like to face Tom Brady. And the Eagles got one of them. 
it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, I, I figured maybe if the Eagles could challenge them on the ground game and Jalen Hurts could play okay, they have a decent shot. But I was way off of my prediction. I predicted the Bucs to beat the Eagles, but I thought the game was going to be close. Um, but everything that I thought was going to happen did happen. Brock was going to take over. You know, the the Bucs are going to make Jalen Hurts throw the ball, and they did. And, you know, I still thought the Eagles would hang tough. And it's, they didn't hang at all. Quick question. I know we're talking Eagles today, but I got to ask you one question. Idiot? Shanahan? Really? Why? Did you see all the questionable decisions he was making yesterday? You know, just the, the, not, no. not, not in the game plan, but I feel like he relies on Jimmy Garoppolo a little too much I, for him being well, the quarterback. His, his guy. I know. They, they ran the ball much more than they passed the ball. What are you talking about? I, look, this is just me, you know, trying to break down that game as much as he could. Now, Mike McCarthy made him look like a genius. But to me, Kyle Shanahan, that game was won when it was 23-7. I would have just kept pounding the ball down their throats and – you know, and yeah, look, Jimmy Garoppolo is Brandon Ayuk. There's no doubt about that. Brandon Ayuk beat Trayvon Diggs. But some of the decisions Kyle Shanahan was making late in that game, I, I was just thinking to myself, what what are you doing here? Like, you know, the, the whole delay of game on fourth and inches, just go for it. You got the game one. They're not going to stop you. And, you know, and then you take the other delay. Then, then the other penalty comes about the whole you're getting too cute with the Trent Williams thing. You know, just pound the ball up the middle. Like, what are we doing here? It's I, I, Kyle Shanahan called a great game yesterday until the game, in my opinion, was out of hand. And Dallas should have never even gotten an opportunity to have their blunders at the end. Well, the, the 49ers are moving on. I don't know that I'd call Kyle Shanahan I think an idiot good. in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I thought he did a nice job of winning on the road. Oh, by the way, the only playoff team yesterday to win on the road. So I give the coach more props than uh, questions off that performance. All right. Uh, Jeff Kerr's in for John McMullen today with me, Jody Mack, Aaron Birds 365. we got two great Eagle guests coming your way. Uh, a little later, Paul Domwich, Philly Mag, formerly the Inquirer. Hop aboard. Uh, we'll ask Domo about yesterday's game and the entire season. And we'll do the same with our first guests from Bleeding Green Nation. Their editor, Brandon Lee Gowton, joins us next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. you like being right that's why you should enroll in an independence blue cross plan it's the health plan chosen by more people than any other with more doctors and hospitals more benefits that really rock more of the coverage you want for the right price including free doctor visits 24 7 
it's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Unfortunately, Birds fans, the offseason has arrived. And we should have seen it coming, but anytime it does hit you in the face, it is a little bit of a uh, shock and a wake-up call. But we're going to deal with it all off-season. But first things first, we got to put yesterday to bed. Here to help us do that, one of the best writers in town covering the birds. His website, Bleeding Green Nation, is a must-find for every single Eagle fan here in the Delaware Valley. Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation joins us here on uh, Birds 365. DLG, let me get a look at you. You can't tell by these little cameras. He's a big boy. Uh, you actually look okay today. How are you dealing with Eagle loss? <laughs> well, I will say uh, when you watch the Dallas Cowboys lose in embarrassing fashion, uh, that's always a good thing, I think, for most people, uh, you know, except for the Cowboys fans, of course. Uh, so that was good. But obviously, the Eagles game, not as good. Yeah, Brandon. So who are you pinning this loss on more? I mean, it was a total calamity of errors basically on – all three phases of the game, and you know, but who are you looking at saying, okay, this is what the Eagles need to do. First, number one priority this all season. <laughs> it's hard not to start with the quarterback guys. I mean, uh, yes. Were there other reasons the Eagles lost to the Buccaneers? Sure. I mean, Jalen Hurts is not literally the only reason the Eagles lost that game, but the Eagles weren't even competitive in that game. And the quarterback is a good position to start with because uh, the offense obviously didn't do enough uh, weren't able to score in the first half, which is pretty pathetic, especially for a unit you know that showed good ability down the stretch, obviously coming against not as good teams against the Bucks, but still um, for Jalen Hurts to go out there in that spot. And I've had my questions about Jalen Hurts, and I feel like I've kind of been more skeptical about him maybe than others. I still expected more than I saw you know out of him yesterday by a long stretch. So you know, uh, I've been kind of consistent, I feel like, in saying that Jalen Hurts cannot be your plan A this offseason, and I don't think he will be the Eagles' plan A. And it might end up coming to a point where the Eagles have to fall back on him. That just might be the reality of the situation, as we all can acknowledge, between the draft options and the, you know, the free agent options, trade options, all that. But he just can't be your plan A. And that's fair. I think that's a very fair way to look at it. But I, like you, believe that plan A is going to be very difficult to implement. Um, if you believe that they need an upgraded quarterback, that's a great philosophy. 
But then what are you going to do to upgrade? Who are you going to get? What is going to be the card you're going to play to get a better quarterback? I don't know that there's a card to play. I don't know that it's it, it's a possibility. We know who the names are going to be. Is Aaron Rodgers going to want out of Green Bay? Probably not. Is Russell Wilson going to say, yeah, Philadelphia is my uh, number one destination? Probably not. Is Deshaun Watson even going to be able to capable of playing in the NFL next year? We don't know. Where do they go if not Jalen Hurts? I do think they are going to revisit Deshaun Watson. I've been expecting that uh, a long time just because they reportedly had a lot of interest in him offseason. And to your point, Jody, we don't know about his availability, but that did not deter them last year when they were interested in him. So I don't think it's going to deter them from at least investigating that. Again, who knows if they can pull it off because Deshaun Watson has the no trade clause and there's talk that he might want to go wherever Brian, Brian Flores gets hired. So, you know, we'll see on that front. But I do expect them to look at that. They'll look at Russell Wilson. Again, he might not want to come here. They'll look at Aaron Rodgers, but I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers will not be ending up in Philadelphia next season. So, yeah, there's a great answer. Um, you know, the free agent options aren't really anything there, you know, that you're really enticed by. So, uh, obviously, you know, the draft could hold uh, some probably not surefire answers, but some interesting options as we go along the process right now. You know, it looks like there isn't an obvious guy, unless you're a really big Kenny Pickett fan, perhaps, but... Um, I think, you know, w- when it comes to quarterbacks in the draft, we tend to think uh, about things in an absolute way and they play- ended up playing out a different way. I always go back to how people said that Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota were like so far above Carson Wentz and Jared Goff and, you know, <laughs> uh, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz for being as flawed as they are. I mean, they've they've started playoff games um so uh, and then the other guys are kind of more backup players so not to say you know that's the, the perfect situation but just to, to point out that we don't always know with these quarterbacks in the draft so um there isn't a great answer and that's why it's it's frustrating for the Eagles to be here in a spot where it looked like Jalen Hurts was progressing nicely but you end the season on a bad impression one of the things that bothered me early in this game yesterday was I didn't think they were aggressive enough at their quarterback. I, I thought Tampa Bay dared them to throw and dared Jalen Hurts to beat them. And I think the, the Eagles should have accepted that challenge a bit, no matter how bad he was playing. Look, you know, just they're stopping the run. They're putting up multiple guys in the box. They're, they're, they're blitzing safeties. Just let Jalen Hurts throw the ball no matter what he's struggling. Uh, did, did you think Nick Sirianni was a little too conservative early in that game? Um, I think that's tough because I feel like, you know, and then if they're passing early in the game, Nick Sirianni's getting killed for, you know, not running the ball. I think it was fine to come out doing what the Eagles uh, got them to this point and stick with their identity and run the football. Um, but obviously you need to be able to pivot at a certain point and they couldn't do that. And that was always the question. I think everyone like, watching this offense throughout the, you know, the later half of the season, it, it, like, yes, they're doing some encouraging things, but like, it was never going to be a situation where you're just going to run the ball all the way to the Super Bowl, and you're never going to have to have a good, efficient, effective passing attack. So that was always going to have to happen. And I think there were opportunities there to be had. And Jalen Hurts, as he has done often uh, during the season, he has struggled to see the field really well. And there were throws there to be made that he didn't make, and he held onto the ball. I believe he is the slowest time to throw in the NFL, and that's a big issue. He needs to see the field way better. He needs to get the ball out way quicker. And needs to be accurate when he's throwing, and it just wasn't going for him yesterday. All right, two questions. <clears throat> Excuse me, two questions off your answer, PLG. Um, first is Jalen Hurts and his ability to get rid of the ball on time. Very fair criticism, and I thought he might have been worse at that yesterday than any other game this year. 
that he just seemed too slow to pull the trigger. Am I right to be able to say that's something you can improve on? Because if Jalen Hurts is going to come back and be the quarterback of this team, you need him to step up. You need the, for him to become better. The level that he's at right now is just not good enough. My continued argument is, all right, well, but if not Jalen Hurts, then who? Who are you going to mm-hmm. get? Who's better at that? Easier said than done. But can Jalen Hurts improve? That's a key aspect, an element of his game, correctly pointed out by you. Is that something you can improve on? There are some things, even your second year into the league, if you can't do, you're never going to be able to do them. But I believe the quick read, the ability to get the ball out, that decision-making process is something that can be improved upon, or am I just wishfully thinking here? I think it's it's all about to an extent, right? It's like, to what extent can it improve? Yes, he's 23. He's, he's the youngest Eagles quarterback to ever start a, uh, a playoff game. Yeah, he can get better, but how much better is the question. And that was something I was you know, wondering about him heading into this season. I just have a hard time believing we're seeing him, we're going to see him improve to the point where he's, you know, a suddenly, you know, a no doubt about it franchise quarterback, one of the very best passers in the league. I just think that's a big jump for him to make from where he's currently at. So, yes, I think he can get better in that regard. But one thing I've been thinking about here, too, uh, in the aftermath of this loss is like, who are the quarterbacks in the NFL that we look at and say, uh, that guy, that team just gave him a little bit more time when everyone thought he wasn't good enough, and it really worked out. Like, I'm trying to think, I mean, I don't have the answer at the top of my head, but I'm, I'm trying to think about it. And I tend to believe that with a quarterback, like, you kind of know from the beginning if they have it or not. And, you know, and that's not to say they don't improve along the way. You know, I think you look at Josh Allen as a player who's gotten a lot better. Josh Allen is also a very different prospect from Jalen Hurts in terms of like a guy who's very raw, but had like, you know, tremendous upside and like crazy physical ability. So, you know, I don't really think that's a great one-to-one comparison there. Um, So I kind of been thinking about that. And I think with Jalen Hurts, we have a big track record of him. This isn't, I know he's young, but this isn't a guy who's like super raw and didn't play a ton in college. He's not like Trey Lance, you know, like who barely even played at North Dakota state or whatever. And obviously hasn't done anything in the NFL yet, but you know, Jalen Hurts, there's a big sample size of him here going back to his college days. And there was a pretty big moment and a high profile spot in the national championship game where he was pulled because he couldn't throw the ball well enough. And I think he's obviously improved since then, but clearly not to the point where there aren't still questions about his passing ability. One of the I, issues of good. The, the other question I wanted to ask was the, uh, the point that Jeff asked you about Eagles coming out, establishing LeBron, should they have moved away from it quickly? The only series that I had an issue with was the very first series. The Bucks go down and score a touchdown. Mistake. You shouldn't have deferred. You should have taken the ball. But we'll come back to that. Um, that first series, it seemed like they came out and just decided, we're going to run the ball, but we're going to try and run it on the edges. That has not been where the Eagles have done their best work. It's between the tackles. It's your five good offensive linemen against their defense. Mano mano, we're going to win. We're going to get the push. We're going to get five yards. We're going to move the football. They came out. The offensive linemen were almost standing up. That it was looked like a college offense to me. That it was Jalen Hurts back at Oklahoma. No, this is not how you got to the playoffs, Eagles. Why aren't you drive blocking that first draw, that first possession, that one, two, three punt annoyed the snot out of me. What do you think Sirianni was thinking there? Oh, I mean, I think that's a fair criticism because I had the same reaction in the moment. I'm like, why, you know, why is Miles Sanders bouncing to the outside? Why are they having him bounce to the outside? And I think there is some validity to that. You know, at the same time, 
You do have Vita Vea in there. You do have Ndamukong Su in there. Like those, those are pretty good interior players. So it's not as you know uh, easy as saying it's a it's a great matchup and it's definitely going to work if you go to the inside as opposed to the outside. So I guess I get it from that perspective. But again, why not try, right? Why not go that route and rely on uh, you know Jason Kelsey and your and your interior players? Obviously, they're starting Stuo Peta at right guard, which isn't ideal. So maybe they didn't fully trust him uh, in there as your third string right guard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a fair criticism. Here's where it goes off the rails for me. Cause I watched Sirianni in the postgame press conference. He said afterwards, we believed we could come in here and win just making the play. That's what we believe. We be- well, no, you didn't because the first thing you did was, Oh, <laughs> they're good. We better adjust and do things differently than we've done to get us to the playoffs. Those two things do not add up. Either you did believe you could beat them and you go mano a mano, or you didn't really believe you could beat them. Ooh, so we're going to have to do things differently because they're too good for us to do what we've been doing all along against them. Can't have it both ways, coach. <laughs> I didn't know to respond to that, Jody. You're fired up. Yeah, it ticked me off. Sorry, <laughs> Jeff. Go ahead. So, friend, one of the issues I had, too, and I, this has been an issue for me all year, and we've talked about this, the Eagles' lack of pass catchers. Uh, you know, outside of Devonta Smith, who for some reason was not targeted in the first half yesterday, I can't explain that, or Dallas Goddard, who didn't have his greatest of games, but he did make plays. Eagles got nothing. Jalen Rager, as we all know, yeah. stiff. J.J. Ortega Whiteside's a stiff. He, I mean, he, he's just basically in there for special teams. Like, don't you feel like no matter who they bring in at quarterback this year, they have to get this guy better pass catchers, no matter who it is? I do. And I, and I, you know, I think some of this goes hand in hand. You know, obviously, if Jalen Hurts doesn't overthrow Quez Watkins at one point yesterday, maybe he has a deep touchdown. And then obviously, the other look earlier in the game where he didn't even, you know, throw his way. Um, so, you know, I think a better quarterback will lead to some improved receiver play here, and especially one who is capable slash willing to force feed Devontae Smith because, like, I agree that, you know, Nick Sirianni should take some blame for for that, for Devontae not getting enough targets, because um, he has even said something to the effect earlier this season that he didn't necessarily believe in force-feeding targets, which, again, I just don't agree with at all. But, I mean, at some level, too, like, the quarterback has to throw the guy the ball, and it doesn't seem, based on the evidence we have, that Jalen Hurts has ever been really, like, inclined to force-feed Devontae Smith over the course of a game in a serious way. And that's a big issue, because Devontae Smith is really good. It's, it's insane. For, for Devontae Smith to have his first target come under the two minute warning. And it, the first play was wiped out by his first catch was wiped out by a penalty. Um, like that's just unacceptable. Like he finished the game with what, like 11 targets, but like, who cares? The game was over by what he was getting all of those. So that that's just inexcusable. Uh, I think, but I think, you know, Devante in Dallas Goddard is a good starting point. I think Quez Watkins, not ideal if he's your second best, you know, starting receiver. But if he's your third guy, I think that's fine. Um, the Eagles obviously and very, you know, they, they need to add another guy into the mix. And Jalen Riggers, he can't be on this team. Like he he makes the Eagles worse. It's not, you know, I think that's very important to make that distinction because there are some players who are out there and they're kind of just invisible and they're doing nothing, and that's not great. But like they're not actively killing the team. Jalen Rager is making the Eagles worse when he is out there. He's had three games this season with negative yardage, which is crazy. And obviously the big mistakes yesterday and the Eagles weren't going to win even before he muffed that punt, but that really, you know, sealed the deal and really should have sealed his career. Uh, I just don't know what there is left to see with Jalen Rager. I think any, you know, Chad Ochoa is out here tweeting that, you know, year three is going to hold the best for him, but I think that's just, you know, pure delusion. 
Really? Chad Owens, you're saying, oh, ooh, we got to listen to what he has to say. No, I'll take Jeff Kerr and Brennan Lee Gowton's advice over Chad Ocho Cinco. Rager should never be in an Eagle uniform again. All right, let's flip it to the other side of the ball. Jonathan Gannon had a Jonathan Gannon-type game. Didn't blitz early, didn't play press coverage, did the zone thing that they did all year long, and Tom Brady picked them apart for two touchdowns, and before you knew it was 14 nothing Tampa. And then they made some adjustments. I'm not going to bend over backwards giving Gannon credit for it because I think part of it had to do with Tampa was playing with a lead and wasn't working with the same urgency that they did their first couple of possessions. But they really did shut it down. They did get a couple of sacks and force Brady punts on third down. They did improve. But again, it's the same old song. There's a nice adjustment within the game. Why can't you just before the game starts, like from uh, snap one, be adjusted and be ready to throw different things Tom Brady's way? Uh, give me a, a grading on Gannon yesterday and his defense's performance against the Bucks. Yeah, I don't think I'm ready to crush the defense. Like I think a lot of people might want to do that. You know, give up 31 points. Uh, there's we saw some of that soft defense we saw earlier in the year. I can't give him an F though because. I think the defense looks worse when the offense can't stay on the field. And when your offense goes three and out, basically three straight drives to start the game against Tom Brady, like you're asking for it. You can't, you can't play that way and expect the defense to get stops every single time. That's just not how it's going to work. Um, I do kind of blame the defense and this isn't necessarily Gannon, but I put some of it on the players. There were some drop passes earlier in the game, some tip balls and Eagles didn't make a play on them. And I know it's tough. It's not necessarily um, you know, something you can always control and say it's super easy, but like you can't let those opportunities go by when you're facing Tom Brady. You need to capitalize. You need like, one of your players to make a, uh, your star players to make a big play and get a turnover. Um, so I think you know the players are to blame in here too. Uh, I don't think the defense, though, is like at all the main reason why they lost this game. So I mean, it's hard for me to give him, you know, like an above average game. Maybe I'm going like, you know, C minus, D plus. I don't think it could have been way worse. I think it could have been a lot worse. Um, and I think the offense being as bad as it did, you know, makes the defense look a lot worse. The offense could actually stay on the field and sustain some drives. I think the defense could have been respectable in this game to a point where they could, the Eagles had a chance. I think the defense in theory at least gave them a chance, but the offense gave them no chance to win this game. So with the 14, 15 for 19 picks in the draft, you're not going defense, defense, defense then. I mean, I think it would be crazy for the Eagles to use all their picks uh, at their spots, in part because if Jalen Hurts is back next year, I mean, and and you're not trading for a 2023 first to be able to pivot, like, I, I just, what are you doing? I just don't, how can you, you, know, you, you can't do that. There's no reason to have, like, 100% confidence in Jalen Hurts. I think everyone, even the biggest Jalen Hurts fans, I think have to agree with that at this point. You can't just you know, put all your eggs in his basket. So I think it would be crazy to use all those picks I feel like they have, like they have to. It's not even like it would be nice if they can. Like they have to go out and find a way to get a first round pick in next year's draft, the 2023 draft, to be able to have an option to pivot, whether that's you know trading that pick or using that pick on a rookie quarterback in a couple years. Like they, they have to have that option in their pocket. I I agree with you, but again, it's uh, it's more doable than the quarterback thing. But you can have a game plan. You can have what mentally works for you. But then you actually have to have someone on the other end to be able to say, yeah, that's a doable deal. A quarterback to come here, a team to trade, a first-round draft pick plus something else just to get into a position where the Eagles are supposed to pick in the first round this year. 
as game plan, I agree 100%. We're going to have to wait till draft day to find out if they can actually pull it off. All right, uh, BLG, Nick Sirianni's first year. All in. Everything he did from his misguided opening press conference to yesterday. The bookends aren't good. But there's a whole bunch of stuff in the middle that was pretty good. Where does Nick Sirianni sit in your eyes right now for what he achieved or didn't achieve year one? And going forward, how you think it looks for him as head coach of the Eagles? I think there was more good than bad. And I, I feel not like Nick Sirianni is necessarily going to be one of the very best head coaches in the NFL. But I don't necessarily know that you need that, you know, to win, to win a championship. Um, I think what we've seen from him gives me encouragement that he will not necessarily debilitate the team, you know, from winning a title or going, you know, or being a really good team, going the distance. I think there are some things I'd like to see improved in terms of obviously maybe adjusting quicker in the course of a season. Like it took time earlier this year. I'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive. I think he finished the year something like 14th in fourth down aggressiveness. I think that's something that has to improve. That was obviously a big reason why the Eagles were able to win Super Bowl under Doug Peterson because Doug was really aggressive. Um, so there are some things like that. Um, on the whole, I think he had a good handle in the locker room. You know, I don't think we saw major issues that really, you know, uh, debilitated the team over the course of the season that really blew up. Uh, so I think on a whole, I feel encouraged by him. I think the arrow is pointing up, but there's obviously a lot more to prove. I mean, the Eagles still have yet to beat a really good team uh, under Nick Sirianni. So, you know, that's something that has to be proved before we can just say, okay, this guy is, the you know, 100% the real deal. There's no questions. He's amazing. So uh, I'm encouraged, but there's still more to prove. It's absolutely early to even think about how the 2022 season will play out. But I did this with Chip Kelly. I did this with Doug Peterson. I did this with Andy Reid. I did this with Ray Rhodes. What would you consider a successful second season for Nick Sirianni and this team? Is it playoff win? Like, what are your expectations for 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on, you know, how the quarterback position obviously plays out. You know, if we're assuming Dylan Hurts is back, you know, it has to be a team that, at, at the very least, I think, you know, if not – win a playoff game uh, that looks like they can win a playoff game. And what I mean by that is like, you know, beating good teams along the way next season and not only beating up on the bad ones um, and kind of giving that feel that, okay, they can go to the distance. And then again, even if they don't win a playoff game, maybe they're in it into the end and they lose on like a last second field goal or whatever. Um, I, you know, they have to kind of make some kind of step forward. Now, again, um, I think that the calculus changes if you get Russell Wilson somehow or Deshaun Watson, whatever, then you're expecting probably at the very least a playoff win, if not more. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, depending on who the quarterback is and everything, you know, you'd like to see, you know, that step forward. I would say that progress isn't always necessarily linear, though. And again, um, if Hurts like, proves out to not be the guy next year and kind of takes a step back and regresses. Because I think one thing that we can mention is he had a lot of help this year, maybe not in terms of receiver talent, but the offensive line being good. And in general, the offensive staying in the team, really staying healthy. Um, so there's a lot of variables to this equation here. Um, but obviously, you know, you're, you're looking for, you know, get to the playoffs again, win a game, prove that like you can actually beat some of these good teams and not just the bad ones. Since you went offensive line, I'll go there as well. And I go there with much trepidation. Was yesterday Mr. Kelsey's last game as a Philadelphia Eagle? Uh, it could be, right? I mean, he's I'm given. 
<laughs> he's given weight to retiring many seasons. Like, uh, I think it's like for five the- years now. We've had to sweat yeah. this out for five consecutive years. Are we going to make yep. it a sixth? Or is Jason oh. Kelsey finally going to throw in the towel? I sure as hell hope not. It's it's year to year. You know, he has two kids now. You know, I think he kind of takes it into the offseason and kind of gauges how he's feeling and how he wants to do all of this. So, you know, I don't think a decision has necessarily been made right yet. Um, but like it's possible. You can't you can't rule it out. And obviously, I think he's still capable of playing at a high level if he wants to, but you know, he's put a lot of wear and tear on his body over these years. And I think, again, with having a family and having a Super Bowl ring and making another all-pro team and Pro Bowl and kind of having that Hall of Fame resume, I mean, it's, it's hard for anyone to fault him if he decides that, like, my body can't take this anymore. Like, I'm done. I need to get out. You know, I want to live my life with my family and, and do some things post-football. And obviously, I think Jason Kelsey's going to have a great post-football career. Um, maybe you'll, you guys will be having him here in Birds 365 or, or wherever. He'll be, I'm sure he'll be doing something uh, that is visible. So uh, looking forward to that. But obviously, yes, it would be a huge loss. So I don't know. I, I can't rule it out. You know what the tough thing is, Brandon? Not just Jason Kelsey's future, but uh, I'm assuming Brandon Brooks ain't coming back. So where does Landon Dickerson fit in on this? Is, would he be the center? Would he be the, the, the right guard? I mean, it seems like he's going to replace one of those two. That's a really good question. Um, yeah, I think Brandon Brooks, obviously, um, yeah, I don't even know if he'll play football again. We'll see. I'm pretty sure the Eagles will not be bringing him back, especially when they can, you know, cut or trade him to clear some cap space. And we're already giving consideration to that before this year. Um, I would think maybe that Sumalo is the center and the Eagles will slide him in there in part because you know, you're also encouraged by what you saw out of Landon Dickerson at left guard, and you kind of might just want to keep him there, especially next to Jordan Mailata. Those are two very large guys and a lot of power there on that left side and kind of build that continuity going up between them. Um, so I would tend to think that's how they'll do it. But, hey, they could also draft a center, for all we know, in the first round with one of those picks and have a guy there. And uh, maybe you move Dickerson over to right guard and you have Samalo come back at left guard. So, you know, there are some options here. Um, so it'll be interesting. That's why I want to see Jason Kelsey back. The Eagles have done a very good job, most of it because of Coach Stoutland, in building up depth along the offensive line. Now, depth across the rest of the team would be nice, and that's why they need to use their draft picks elsewhere. Um, last thing, BLG, last season was a big Jeff Laurie offseason because they made the decision, mostly driven by him, to replace Doug Peterson, hire Nick Sirianni, and away we go. Is this going to be a big Jeff Laurie offseason? Or do you think mm. he takes a step back, leaves it in the hands of his new coach and his general manager, those three first-round draft picks, doing the Brady Lee Gouton suggestion thing, trade one back for another year. So maybe if the quarterback next year in the draft is get all of that, does Jeff, Jeff leave that in uh, how he's questionable slash capable hands? Uh, and when I say does he, we know behind the scenes it's not going to be the case. But out front, uh, being visible and uh, telling Eagle fans what the Eagle organization is doing, are we going to hear a lot from Jeff Laurie this offseason? And it's a really big offseason for the Eagles. <laughs> a lot of key decisions to be made here. So I tend to think he will be because I don't think he's sitting back for all of that when there are some, again, really important, critical decisions to be made. 
And I thought last year, you know, was a lot of, you know, as Jeffrey Lurie coined, it was a transition year for the team, but the off season was kind of uh, boring in some ways in terms of they weren't going to have a lot of cap space to spend. We kind of knew they're going to have to shed salary at certain places. Um, you know, they had the draft picks and, you know, they could do, and they obviously made the trades with them. So there's some juice to that. Um, but, but it's all kind of positioning, you know, getting those future first round picks and making it about this off season it's about positioning it for this uh, this offseason to, to really, you know, evolve the team, go from, okay, whatever, nice year in 2021 to now, how do we turn this into a real competitive team that can hang with the bigger squads um, like the Eagles weren't able to do this year? So really big one. And I do think he will be involved, um, as I think he, he usually is. Uh, and maybe to his credit, to an extent of, you know, obviously looking at where the Eagles were last year and a lot of people saying, you know, you know why is Jeffrey Lurie involved at all? Why is Howie Roseman still here? And the Eagles did do some good things that helped them turn around from where they were in 2020 to, you know, a playoff team in 2021. But again, kind of like I said with Nick Sirianni, like some encouraging things, but a lot of work to be done still. And also some concern when you look at how, you know, in the playoff game yesterday, you look at some of these future or these former first round picks like 2016, Carson Wentz, not even on the team. 2017, Derek Barnett, his standout play was that big penalty that he had. Uh, 2019, Andre Dillard played one special team snap. He was basically a healthy scratch, didn't get anything out of him. And Jalen Rager was hurting the team. Now, obviously, Devontae Smith is promising, and but he didn't even use him. So uh, there's a lot of concern here when it comes to actually you know, hitting on these first-round picks. All right, BLG. Good luck on your upcoming season because you, like us here on Birds 365, now we got to go to work. It's real easy during the season when we got games to analyze and players playing. Uh, now we actually have to work for a living in finding things to talk about the Eagles with the offseason upon us. Uh, we will be tapping you into plenty during the offseason. Want to thank you for hopping on as often as you did come on during the year. Always appreciate you, bud. We'll be talking. Thanks, guys. Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation does an outstanding job on his website giving Eagles fans what they need insight. The insight today is not a pretty one because they were beaten by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so the offseason begins. Jeff Kerr and I will continue to talk about it. Paul Domwich will join us in hour number two. Our offseason is underway here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about, because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, 
you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. John Birch 365. Jeff Kerr is in with me today, uh, phone up for Johnny Mac. Oh, Johnny Mac will be back tomorrow and every other day thereafter for the entire offseason. No more media sessions, no more COVID tests. Uh, you'll get tired of J Mac. You'll get tired of me too, but you'll get tired of J Mac before you know it. We'll bring Sprinkle in a little Jeff Kerr every once in a while to give you a little bit of a respite. And I thank Jeff for jumping on board with uh, us today. Uh, yeah, the offseason has begun. But I do want to put a quick positive spin on this because we all live in the moment. And the moment right now stinks if you're an Eagle fan because they got their uh, tails kicked. I'll just tell you one more. No, I'm not going to tell you one more time. I'm going to tell you 472 times during this offseason. Told you so. You wanted no part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Although too many Eagle fans and other media members here in Philadelphia said, bring on the Bucs. So maybe that lessens the pain for a guy like me today. Because I saw this one coming down Broad Street. I didn't think they were going to be competitive with the Bucs. They weren't competitive with the Bucs. So the pain for me was a little bit less. Maybe uh, for uh, legal pain. My pain was less than three hours later because I'm not a hot take guy. But everybody thought this was a hot take when I said the Dallas Cowboys aren't any good for basically the last two months. And I, I got my just dessert yesterday. I, I called it, Jody. They were going to lose. I didn't care who they were playing. They were going to lose their first playoff game. Oh, so I, I feel pretty good today. You and I were arguing the same thing because I couldn't believe the amount of people last week who said, yes, I'd prefer to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers than the Dallas Cowboys in the first round of the play. It boggled my mind because I was with you. I thought they were blatantly overrated. Here's something we found out with the result of both playoff games yesterday. And this is a major slap in the face indictment to two other teams. The Washington football team and the New York Giants fattened up the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. They were both outrageously bad football teams and raised the level of confidence of both of those fan base. Oh, we beat the snot out of the Giants. And the Where that's good. No, you're not. You're just beating up on your poor little sisters in your division. That's what happened here. And for the Cowboys' sake, they beat up on the Eagles twice. Once with the Eagles practice squad, but once legitimately in the first half of the season. Now you get to play a good team like San Francisco, you go down, Dallas. You get to play a good team like Tampa, Philadelphia, you go down. 
yeah, it was the NFC least again. It wasn't as bad as last year, which was one of the worst divisions in the history of the National Football League. This year didn't match up, but it was still the NFC least, Jeff Kerr. It, it was. It wasn't the worst division in football this year, but you can make a case based on these two playoff results. And look, you're right. Dallas, 6-0 and against the NFC East. They feasted on them. 6-6 six and six against everybody else. The Eagles. Only the Cincinnati Bengals had a worse record. I, actually, winning percentage was the same, but only the Cincinnati Bengals had more losses against playoff teams in, in the season. That was the 2011 Bengals. It, and that's what it felt like with the Eagles. You know, Cincinnati was 0-8 against playoff teams. Eagles were 0-7 against playoff teams. You kind of yesterday's you know, so lost to Tampa Bay. So, yeah, their, their schedules were – or their records were a little inflated by – and look, it should have been better for the Eagles because they actually lost to the New York Giants this year, which – is actually incredible when you think about it. But, you know, it was a good season for the Eagles. Like, I I, I had them 8-9. and nine. I thought they'd be 8-9 and nine because of their offensive line and their defensive line. I was way off on their defensive line. But I thought they'd be competitive because of the NFC East. I thought they were better than what people were portraying as. You know, they weren't the worst roster in the NFL. They weren't even close to the worst roster in the NFL. But I thought they'd be competitive. Well, they went one better. They went 9-8. and eight. They actually clicked the playoff spot before the 49ers, which – I kind of wanted to bring over to you, Jody. Do you like the seven, you know, the seventh seed in the playoffs? Because that was the big debate of basically how the Eagles and the Steelers got trounced yesterday. Yeah, the results are, yeah, not good. Uh, Eagles, uh, NFL just adding another playoff team for the sake of adding another game so they can put that on a platter for a television partner and cash in on that many more tens of millions of dollars. Um and yeah, both of the games were blowouts. The Chiefs got the, the, the certainly the much better of the Steelers. And yeah, I feel badly. I thought Steelers we could be, be competitive. I thought they'd go down fighting. Um, they didn't. They rolled over like a puppy dog. So yeah, the results are in. It wasn't a great idea, but they're not about to go backwards. Nobody ever goes backward. Nobody ever puts in let's playoff teams. So it, if anything, it will expand in the future. Um, yeah, yesterday was a... Not a good day for the argument of, yeah, more playoff teams is good. No, more playoff team means one extra playoff game, but doesn't mean better uh, results. And, yes, unfortunately, the Eagles were one of those teams, even though, as you correctly point out, they qualified before the 49ers, but the 49ers got the better seed and took care of the Cowboys yesterday. Uh, so uh, good for the 49ers um, on their victory over the Cowboys. And, yeah, I got no problems with the Cowboys going down. Because I'm assuming you saw the Dak Prescott quote after the game. Oh, that was ridiculous. I, I said to uh, one, of, one of my friends on Twitter, I said, Lear's lead, that's not Dak Prescott. Plain and simple. All right. And we can question the whole, uh, did they call the play on purpose? Did Dak make the decision to try and go with quarterback sneak and watch the clock run out on him? No, I'm referring to after the game when he was asked about Cowboy fans throwing stuff at people on the field. Uh, the first question Dak seemed to interpret is where they throwing stuff at Cowboy players because they lost the game. And he said, uh, no. Uh, but then a, another media guy clarified, said, no, we would think they were throwing it at the referees. And Dak Prescott said, good on them. That he condoned throwing stuff at the referees. Which, by the way, the referee did exactly what he was supposed to do. You are supposed to set the ball for play on Dak Prescott's uh, ill-advised quarterback sprint up the middle with the clock ticking and no timeouts left to go. The rep did exactly what he was supposed to do. If anything, 
the fact that the Cowboys got a chance to stop Jimmy G on a fourth down, they measure it. It looks like it's half the football. They pulled the sticks again. Now it's the nose of the football. Then they challenge, and the referee goes and talks to whoever he talks to in New York, and the decision is, let's measure again? So they bring the sticks out again, and now it's two inches short. If there was any questionable refereeing, it went the Cowboys' way in that situation. How do you measure three friggin' times? Just keep pulling the sticks until it's fourth down so the Cowboys can get a chance on defense to stop the 49ers? The referee did his job by spotting the football, and the fans decide to throw stuff at the referees. Yes, I know it's all that, and, and people beat the snot out of it. I'm really, 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 let me say it one more time, really tired of listening to the Eagle fans whining about, oh, they only remember he's throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. Just let it go. But let us make sure that today Cowboy fans take their prerequisite crap for throwing stuff at officials because – Yes, Philadelphia fans can get unruly and do dumb things, just like every other fan base on the planet. And the Dallas Cowboys fans proved that yesterday. So what made this, uh, before I get into the whole Cowboys fans thing, what made this funny was my colleague, Tony Romo, knew every bit of that situation at the end of the game. And he's been out of football, hasn't taken the snap under center in six years. But yet, Dak Prescott, the $40 million franchise quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys does not and actually thinks he got jobbed yesterday. Uh, you know, that that is and, – and look, he basically insinuated that when they lost to the Cardinals a couple weeks ago. And that's all Cowboys media writes about. Oh, we, we got jobbed by the refs. The Cowboys are better than this. Dallas always gets jobbed. No, no. You know who gets jobbed? Teams that play the Cowboys. They're the ones who get jobbed. And you pointed out the perfect example, Joe. But – my big argument with this whole Dak Prescott, don't throw things at people. Don't throw things at people. It's not okay. And you're condoning that. What type of person are you, Dak? What type of person are you? I just found out yesterday. You're a sore loser. You're not as good as you think you are. You're an overrated quarterback who can't win playoff games. You're 3-4 and four in your playoff star. I don't want to hear about the offensive line failed you. I don't want to hear about Zeke, his excuse. You know, only runs for 60 yards against JV players um, over the last three months. Oh, wait. Oh, I have a sprained P or I had torn PCL I was playing with. I'm such a warrior. You couldn't say that in week 10, Zeke. Like, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get this Dallas Cowboys football team. I, I didn't understand them all year. They're coached by a moron and Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, who has offense, who's getting coaching interviews out the wazoo. I don't understand that either because. So who's calling the plays here? Is it Mike? Is it Kellen? Well, I want to know because if you're going to charge this guy to lead your franchise, you're going to have the same mistakes. Dan Quinn, I thought he did a great job this year. Do I really want him to be a head coach again? Probably not. Oh, and by the way, Michael Parsons wasn't the difference maker yesterday. Trayvon Diggs, first-team All-Pro. I got some first-team All-Pro numbers for you. He allowed 19 yards per catch this year. He allowed – you know, he, that was number one in the NFL. He allowed the yep. most receiving yards in the NFL. He was not a first-team All-Pro. This team was overrated from the get-go. But everybody loves him. He put up 59 against Washington on Sunday Night Football and 51 against guys I, I forgot were even on the Eagles roster. You know, you could put Reed Stenet at cornerback for all I care. You know, Tay Gallon, that's who he was doing it against. Jimmy Ward and those guys are a lot different. 
Agreed. The Cowboys were overrated because they got a couple of big names and splash players, yep. but they weren't a good team or they weren't as good a team as some people built by, them by up the to way, be. Jody, Jerry quit on them. He left. He left the box when the whole you know, index card thing, you know, we could talk about the index card thing, but he was not there to see the end of that football game. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah, we, we're watching it on TV. We don't know where Jerry was. I'm not going to critique Jerry on that one. I'll critique well, the Cowboys players found him. He was walking, like he walked in disgust with like a minute left. Like he couldn't take it anymore. Like very disappointing season for my Cowboys. Well, then do you think he's going to fire his coach? I think he should. I mean. No, I didn't ask you if he should. I'm asking you if you think he will. I, th- I, I think he was as frustrated as you're portraying him, then the hammer should have come down after the game and Mike what, McCarthy should already be unemployed. This is what the madman Jeff Kerr believes because he will not want Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn to go anywhere. He will basically fire Mike McCarthy and hire Kellen Moore to be his next head coach. Yeah, if they do fire McCarthy, I expect, expect them to elevate one of his two guys, which you're right, is not a given to be an upgrade. But, uh, I, yeah, I think McCarthy did a lousy job yesterday. And I, I liked him when he was hired because I thought he did a good job in Green Bay. I thought the whole he wrote on uh, Rogers' coattails didn't give McCarthy enough credit for what he did. But he hadn't done a great job in the first two years. They beat up on a bad division this year. Good job, Mike. That's not why you're hired to become the Cowboys coach. You were supposed to get to the playoffs and then be able to win you when you get to the playoffs. And they were the only losing home team. We got one more game to go tonight, which, by the way, you like the Rams or the Cardinals? I like the Rams, but they haven't been playing well either. And these division games are really tough in the postseason. I, I mean, they, they, they just are. Look, I, I thought the Bills were going to beat the Patriots, uh, you know, not not like they did pitching a perfect offensive game essentially, but these division games are really tough. And the Rams and the Cardinals did two really good games against each other in this season. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Cardinals won. I think I, I'm going to go with the Rams just because I, I feel like the Rams aren't a one and done football team as as bad as they've been playing going into the postseason. I just don't see them as a one done football team. I I, I think I, I kind of want to see them in Tampa go at. Mm, yeah, I, I think Tampa's uh, well on their way to it. Oh, I think Tampa's going to be the NFC championship game. Whoever comes out of that game tonight. But uh, the the reason why I ask is if the Rams win and they're a favorite, um, there will be only one team that won, or should I say only one home team that lost in the wild card round of the playoffs, and that would be the Dallas Cowboys. So, yes, Jerry Jones could get very proactive and do something down in uh, Big D. All right, one other guy I want to talk about. We touched about it a little in the uh, first segment of the show, but I think it bears repeating. And I know, I, again, apologize ahead of time. Some things I've been repetitious on. Some things I just enjoyed beating uh, into the ground. Yesterday, the Eagles did not do a good enough job of getting the ball to Devonta Smith. Um, he is far and away their best wide receiver. Uh, shame on Jalen Hurts. I thought he was slow on the trigger yesterday. It was a bad game for Jalen Hurts. Two games are going to stand out this year for Jalen Hurts on the downside are the Giant game and yesterday's game. And and the first Bucs game. We got to go with that one, too. Yeah, but at best, that's the third. You're not going to say that the either the Giant game or yesterday's game was not as bad as that one. I'm saying if we had to pick his three worst games, two were against the Bucs. True, but I think the drop off is between two and three, not one and two, oh, yeah. uh, or three and four. Uh, the these two were above and beyond 
the worst games that Jalen Hurts played. And a part of it was the fact they didn't get the ball to uh, Devontae Smith well enough, uh, often enough. There were a whole bunch of people um, that had uh, jumped on our stream here on Bird 365, called me on WIP, other guys I heard on W. Oh, I don't know about drafting this, uh, Devontae Smith. He's 165 pounds. How can he make it through the rigors of an NFL season? This guy is just too small. How can we use a first-round draft pick on him? Just stop and think for a second, Eagle fans. What would the Eagle receiving core be like if they didn't have Devonta Smith? <laughs> Wes Watkins, Jalen Rager, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, my guy, Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham still here, maybe? You want to see more John Hightower? If you didn't have this month, the Devonta Smith, how bad would the Eagle wide receiving core be? Who wants to raise their hand and admit, yeah, I questioned the pick because Devonta Smith is a little on the slight side. Did we see enough of the Devonta Smith this year to go, okay, he's a legit. I know what legitimate wide receivers look like in the National Football League. He's one of them. Every other wide receiver the Eagles have might not be, like Ofer. But at least you had Devontae Smith. Yeah, I'm rubbing salt in the wounds for the, the, the fools who question the Devontae Smith pick because he's not 6'3", 2'10". Yes, he's the wide receiver. Talented wide receivers can come all shapes and sizes. Unfortunately, we saw a big one yesterday with uh, uh, Mr. Evans of, of Tampa Bay. Um, but Devontae Smith is, is one of the building blocks for the Eagles. We've got several here. That's what's good about this season is they put some pieces in place going forward. Devontae Smith is certainly one of them. They nailed this pick. They absolutely nailed that first round pick. They needed Devonta Smith and Devonta Smith needed them. And yeah, I thought it was egregious how Devonta Smith was not targeted more in that game. That that game was built for Devonta Smith to shine going up against uh, Jamal Dean and Sean Murphy bunning and those guys, because it was a mismatch and, you know, we could say if Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball the outside, fine. But there there were times Devonta Smith was open in this football game in that first half. I don't know if Jalen Hurts just didn't see him. I didn't know if he was the primary receiver, you, you know, the main guy. But you needed to get the ball to Devonta Smith a lot more in this football game. And Devonta Smith, look, I thought he got a thousand-yard season this year. That didn't happen. But he still had one heck of a year. Uh, you know, I knew basically he was going to be really good from day one, but that Denver game, the Denver game where he caught that pass off Patrick Sertan, I'm like, man, this guy's got number one receiver written all over him. He just needs more time to develop. And I, I was very impressed with Devonta Smith this entire season. And I love how I got the Eagles rookie receiving yards record. Uh, I, I think there's going to be so much in store for this kid. Now, now you got to get pieces around him. It can't be just him and Dallas Goddard. You know, you want to keep Quez Watkins fine. You want to keep Greg Ward fine, but they need either a, a bigger receiver or B when we get Jalen Dotson or Chris Olave or someone like that in here and, you know, we'll see what happens. And, you know, maybe Devonta Smith gets open even more and this passing game gets even more lethal, but you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. That is a building block toward this football team. Devonta Smith, Howie Roseman nailed that pick. We want to talk about all his first round blunders. Fine. You know, Jalen Rager was terrible. Obviously you know, we, we can go down the list, you know, Derek Barnett, fine, but Devonta Smith, he got right. And that gives me hope for the future. Uh, and by the way, I'll give Howie uh, even a little more credit. His draft was good last year. When you that get was... Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson, no, it was a little bit of a risk pick because you didn't know what his knee was going to be like. 
coming back. Uh, that's the reason he fell to the second round. I think he was a first-round talent who went into the second round because of the injury he got at the end of last year. Milt Williams was a contributor for this team this year. For a guy being drafted at a position where you already had your starters in place, for him to be able to come in and be a rotational player and give them a little something, something is pretty good. And Kenny Gainwell is a fifth-round pick. Here's a quickie for you. Eagles yesterday activated four running backs, correct? Yeah. Kyle Sanders, Jordan Howard, uh, Boston Scott, who got yep. the lone rushing touchdown, and uh, uh, Kenny Gainwell. How many of those running backs are going to be Philadelphia Eagles next year? You know, I'd love to see Miles Sanders come back, but I really don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think you have to – Kenny Gainwell obviously will be back. I think you have to bring Boston Scott back just because of what he brings to his team. Every time he touches the ball, he seems to make a play. So I think he's back. Man, I love Miles Sanders, but I don't know. It's they got a decision to make with him. They they really do. It's I mean, you look at the yards per carry since his rookie year, he's third in the NFL or fourth. Yards per touch, he's third. He's a dynamic player when he's healthy, but does he fit? Is this the right guy? Or do you get rid of him now, trade him and get some value for him? It's because I, I think we're proving in the NFL you can find Eli Mitchell's. You can find these guys. Like, you can find Boston Scots. It's – I love Miles Sanders. I'm a Penn State guy. I think he's a very dynamic player when he's available. But I just don't know if he fits right now. I, I That's the problem. It's a funny thing because the only guarantee to be here next year is Kenny Gainwell. Yep. You're right. Miles is a maybe. Probable, I'll, I'd even go. But 100% guaranteed given? No. Boston Scott, no. Jordan Howard, no. The one guy who's guaranteed to be on this team next year out of the four running backs who played yesterday was Kenny Gainwell. And that's one of Howie's draft guys. So you got to give Howie credit for last year's draft. He had a lot of picks. Who the hell knows what Tyron Jackson is going to become. There's a whole bunch of maybes still in that mix. But they got two starters, a, a situational substitution guy in Milt Williams, and a good utility back, Kenny Gainwell. That's not a bad draft. If in year one you get two starters, a rotational guy, and a situation substitution guy, that's a good draft. Done. It's over and done with. Yeah, of course. Now, if they all go in the tank next year, we'll revisit. But as of first-year grade, that's a major win for Howie Roseman. That's the kind of draft he's going to need going forward uh, with this organization. And he's got ammo this year because he's got those – Three first-round picks. Uh, by the way, I, I agree with BLG. I don't think you keep all of them. I think you got to find – I don't think you're going to draft three guys in the first round. So, you know, you're going to have to move one of them, try to go into 2023 with them, and then you, you see what happens. I, I agree with him 100%. I, I don't think they should use all three of those first-round picks. And I will put this on the record now. Months in advance before we ever get to the draft because it always happens. When the Eagles make that deal, and they probably will, you believe it, BLG believes it, I hope it, um, don't evaluate Howie Roseman on the player that is taken with that pick. Even if it's a player who plays a position for the Philadelphia Eagles where they may have a need, uh, we won't know how good that player is. Give some time. For, oh, my God. How could Howie trade that pick and that team pick this player when he's going to be great for it? Well, you don't know that. And yes, if you're talking about balance, it would be better to have two first-round picks this year and two first-round picks next year. So Howie will make that trade much more, or at least he should, I hope he does, much more so determined by 
what team he's dealing with, how they project they're going to be the next year because you're getting their pick. If you could just say, okay, we're making a trade with the Cleveland Browns and they're guaranteed to have the 14th pick in the draft. Oh, that would be nice. But you don't know that. That pick could be the eighth pick in the draft. Well, or it could be the 28th pick in the draft. You don't know. So you got to handicap the team that you're making the deal with. And you're going to get something else on top of it because you're putting off your pick by a year. They're moving their pick up by a year. So what that other pick is going to be, a third-round pick, maybe you get a second-round pick. That's more what you uh, evaluate that trade on than the guy who ends up being picked in the slot that the Eagles gave up. It's the same thing with the Colts and Dolphins this year, right? With the Carson Wentz. I thought for sure the Colts were going to be a playoff team this year. I actually thought the Miami Dolphins were going to be a playoff team this year or at least compete for it. But, you know, they end up 9-8 and missing the playoffs actually benefit the Eagles. And now when you think of it, you would have said like last February, last March, like, oh, by the way, the Eagles are going to get that first-round pick and the Colts are going to miss the playoffs and you're going to get the 14th pick in that draft. Oh, and by the way, the third-round pick you got, you used up to trade with the Cowboys and get Devonta Smith out of it. The optics look pretty good in that. Like, you know, same with the Dolphins. Like, you know, you traded down to 12, and then you flip that 12 to go to 10, and you get Devonta Smith out of it. Oh, by the way, you got our first-round pick from the Dolphins as a result for trading down from six. It's it's pretty – but by the way, Joey, I always did want to say this. I don't think I've ever said this on the show. I still think the guy the Eagles initially wanted was Jamar Chase, but I think they knew Cincinnati was getting him at five, and they said, you know what, there's no way he's getting past them. We're, we're going to make our move now. For whatever reason, the the playing of the leapfrog of the draft pick worked in Howie Roseman's favor. All right, Jody McDonald, Jeff Kerr here with you. Johnny Mack will be back tomorrow. He's making his way back from Tampa this morning. So, J.K. doing a good job sitting in for him. Coming up next, one of our favorite guests. He does a good job whenever he hops on. Uh, Philly Mag, formerly of the Philadelphia Inquirer, Hall of Fame voter for Philadelphia. Paul Domwich joins us here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about, because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Day one of what could be a lengthy offseason, the Upbirds 365. Mac and Kerr today. Joining us now is our buddy from the Philly Mag and the 3013 FB. Uh, you read him forever in the Enquirer. Paul Domwich, good enough to hop aboard with us. Damo, are you okay yeah. today? Or are you like every other Eagle fan, uh, crying in your soup when another season ends and you got a long offseason ahead of you? Well, I'm not an Eagles fan, so uh, I'm just uh, I just want to get it out of the way early here and say you were right. I was wrong about the Cowboys. As was Jeff Carr. He was calling the Cowboys an overrated team all along as well. And yeah, uh, the Cowboys were right for the picking. Tom Brady was not. And that was proved by the first two Buccaneer uh, touchdowns. So let me get you on the record about this, too. And thank you for acknowledging the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were a team you should have wanted no part of before yesterday's action. Are you livid at Nick Sirianni, a.k.a. the Eagles, because they always automatically defer to start the game? If ever there was a game to take the football first, to not let Tom Brady go down and stick it in your eye with a touchdown, yesterday was it, but, oh, does the analytics say you got to defer. It just makes mathematical sense to do so. I go with football sense, and it annoyed the snot out of me yesterday. And, oh, by the way, this is not a second guess. McMullen will concur. I bitch about it every week. Why do they do this, Dama? Why do they just uh, genuflect at the altar of analytics when football sense tells you you should have taken the football first yesterday? Yeah, I mean, it seems to be a a league-wide belief now that that's the way you play it, so that you have the ball uh, at halftime or coming out for the second half. You know, livid? No. Uh, you know, this was a team that that was fortunate to make the playoffs. I didn't expect them to win. I thought, you know, I thought they'd play better than they did. Uh, but it's hard to, to be livid about anything in that game. Uh, they played poorly. They coached poorly. It was just an overall bad effort. But, again, this is a team that won four games last year, finished 9-8. and eight. You know, if they finished 9-8 and eight and didn't make the playoffs, if they hadn't expanded the playoffs – you know, we wouldn't have seen a lot of the things that it was good to see yesterday because it, it kind of emphasized a lot of the shortcomings of this team and what they need to do going forward. Well, I tried to look at the positives from this. Jalen Hurts got playoff experience. A lot of young guys on this team got playoff yeah. experience. But I guess I got to open up the can of worms here. Jalen Hurts didn't really do much to kind of silence the talk of maybe the Eagles should improve at the quarterback position. Yeah, it was it was a, he played one of his poorest games uh, other than the uh, first ca- uh, uh, Tampa Bay game and the Giants game. I mean, it was right down there with those two as far as a you too. You thought that first Tampa Bay game was so bad. I, I yeah. know it wasn't good, but the Giants game and yesterday to me were far and away worse than yeah. that first Tampa Bay game. Yeah, you know, again, it's one game, it's a big game, so I mean, people are gonna. Uh, put a lot more emphasis on it than they did the Giants game. Uh, you saw a lot of things that you you know that you're concerned about with him, his lack of anticipation, 
uh, his, you know, his refusal to throw on time. I mean, he was late with so many throws yesterday and accurate with others. Uh, you know, that, that, that watching him roll when he has to move to his left and defenses are now going to force him to his left every time because he's so poor at throwing when he's moving left. And that, that interception, that, that, that backbreaking interception on the throw to Devonta was a, a, a clear, uh, you know, a proof of that, you know, he's got a lot of things to work on. Now, the thing about Jalen is, as we've seen from last year to this year to now, he keeps improving. Uh, the question is, what's his ceiling? Uh, is it, is that ceiling high enough? It, when he reaches it, are, are you going to be happy with it? And that's, you know, those are questions everybody's got to ask, particularly the, the, the decision makers of the Eagles who have to figure out what they want to do. You know, my, my sense, my feeling is they're going to stand pat. There's nothing in this draft worth uh, trading up or giving multiple picks for uh, at quarterback. You know, I don't, I don't want any part of Deshaun Watson, even if he wanted to come here. Uh, I don't even want Russell Wilson. I'd rather, I'd rather stand pat with Jalen Hurts for another year, see what kind of improvement he makes, and then make a decision on the quarterback position because you probably can trade one of the three picks this year into the first round next year. Uh, so you'll have multiple picks next year. And uh, I just looked it up. I knew that there was something about that game against Tampa the first time. Hurt scored their two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, they, and again, they, actually... they, were the, they were at the end of the – like yesterday. I mean, yeah, he played – Very, very similar to yesterday, but at least yeah. he did score those two touchdowns. That's why I didn't think it was as bad as yesterday or that giant game. Uh, yeah. You're right about Jalen Hurts. As of right now, he's in the position, and they have to explore better. But if they can't get better, then you got to live with him. We give Jalen Hurts at least this much, because I'm going to. The previous quarterback here in Philadelphia, when the Eagles dared to put someone else in for him, when he was playing like the worst quarterback in the National Football League, he lost his mind. And yeah. that's why he got shipped out of town because he demanded it. And it just would have been a dumpster fire if they had kept him here in Philadelphia. During this offseason, we're going to have stories about the Eagles are monitoring Deshaun Watson in his legal situation. Russell yeah. Wilson is contemplating. His agent is giving out a list of teams he would accept the trade to. And Philadelphia is on that list. Oh, there's going to be conversations about it. I think Jalen Hurts will be able to deal with that better than Carson Wentz. Or like 90% of the other quarterbacks are ego-driven quarterbacks around this league. He is such a centered kid, and he is so narrow-focused that even though there may be rumors flying all around him about the Eagles and the quarterback position next year, if nothing comes to fruition, I got faith that this kid will have his head screwed on straight coming back into camp. Do you? Yeah, I do too, Jody. I mean, I, I like the kid. I've, I've, I've thought from the beginning that he could, you know, he – I mean, when they drafted him, they didn't draft him to be in this position. They thought at the time Carson Wentz would continue to improve, but they needed insurance for an injury-riddled uh, quarterback. You know, that didn't work out because, like you just said, Carson started crying like a baby when he looked over his shoulder and saw uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts will take yesterday and build off of it. He knows he, knows he played badly. Uh, he knows he has to improve. You know, and the other thing about Jalen is he brings things to the table uh, that you got to put into the 
the recipe here when you're considering him. One is the leadership aspect. I mean, that locker room, even after yesterday, is in his corner. I mean, he's, he's had them since the first snap he took with that first uh, team offense. Um, and that's not going to change. And that's not something every quarterback has. You know, he, so, uh, you know, if you're going to make a change, you've got to consider what the rest of the locker room thinks about that. The other thing is his running ability. Um, you've always, you know, this isn't a guy that, you know, Russell Wilson ran a lot early towards the end. You know, that, that didn't happen. They, they, they phased it out and made him more of a scrambler and less of a runner. I think you're always going to have to take like Lamar Jackson. You're always going to have to take advantage of what Jalen can do with his legs. So factor those two things into the equation. And, you know, I still think this is a kid, you know, I, I can't say for sure, but I mean, I, I think he deserves next year to prove he can con- continue to get better. One of the things that's bugged me all year when people criticize Jalen Hurts is they say he doesn't have the arm strength. No, he does have the arm strength. I think it's the accuracy issues that, and seeing the field that has been his biggest issue. Uh, what, what do you think? Do you agree with me on that? Do you think that's the two things yeah. he needs to work on, or do you find something else he, he needs to improve? No, I mean I agree. I mean he doesn't have a he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, uh, but that's you know I mean there are a lot of quarterbacks in this league that have been very successful that haven't had a rocket, uh, and you know most of his problems have been he he holds on to the ball too long. He won't let go of it when he sees you know you, you he's still making that transition from the college game. Um, and it's not an easy one. I mean, the game is much faster in the NFL. Uh, you've got to make your, you know, he, he didn't have to make any read progressions at Oklahoma uh, because it was basically a first read. And if it's not there, you run, you know, he's had to adapt to that and, and change. Um, and the other thing is, you know, he, you've got to throw open to receivers. You don't, you don't wait for them to get open. You, you know, you saw that yesterday with Brady, you know, a lot of his incompletions were throws that, you know, he was anticipating the runner, uh, the receiver being somewhere that the receiver didn't get to. Uh, but that was the receiver's fault, not Tom's. So, I mean, that's an, that's another thing this kid needs to learn. But those are all things you can learn. Uh, I, that's why I, I, I you know, I, I believe that, you know, they're looking when they look at the everything in, in totality, uh, they'll say, you know what? I mean, this kid can still get better. And let's see where we are a year from now. Damo, come September when the Eagles 2022 season gets underway, their defensive coordinator will be Jonathan Gannon or someone else? Unless the unexpected happens and he gets a head coaching job, I, I would expect uh, him to be the defensive coordinator. Uh, I, you know, I didn't like the job he did yesterday. I haven't liked a lot of the things he's done this year. You know, Rob Gronkowski was interviewed this week and, and he was asked about Gannon and the deep and the Eagles defense. And he used the word safe and that's what it is. I mean, Jonathan, Gann- but I can't figure out what what's in Jonathan Gannon's mind as to why he's playing the way he is. Is it because he doesn't believe he can play another way because of the, uh, the limitations of the talent he has or is it because this is the way he thinks you can play successfully once you have the talent? Um, you know, certainly if you had better talent, if you had linebackers to, that can get to the, uh, the ball quicker, things like that, you can play a bend but not break and not be 
you know, not blitz the hell out of a quarterback and, and just, you know, let them make them take what you give them and see if they, you know, they can beat, beat you that way. The problem is this team isn't good enough to do that. And he, in my mind, he should have adjusted. He should have been aggressive. I mean, I've always felt when I, you know, when I've been on teams without talent, you got to take chances. Uh, you know, that has not been the way he's approached this. So, you know, we'll see next year because this, this defense is going to have to be rebuilt. I mean, there's there's just not enough good players on this unit. Few good players they have are, are old and 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 they're going to have to be replaced. So, uh, you know, I would. That's why, and that's another reason in, in Jalen's favor why you don't want to make a quarterback change right now. You need those picks. You need to use those high picks on defensive players. Yeah, one of my uh, hot topic points yesterday was, and I was arguing with this a couple guys in the CBS group. Patrick Mahomes won the one that football game yesterday. Not, not with the receivers he has and not with that defense he has. Like, I'm sorry. I don't see what upgrading the quarterback. Yeah, do you ever write the look? Absolutely. But I feel like it's no matter who the quarterback was yesterday, you were not going to win that football game. It, it feels like the number one priority the Eagles should be, let's build around the quarterback instead of let's try to improve the quarterback because the result could still be the same, 9-8. and eight. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and, and again – you know, they're a team in transition here. I mean, we don't know what Jason Kelsey's going to do. We don't, you know, Lane Johnson's, what, two, maybe two more good years. Uh, I mean, he's, you know, he's playing well, but he's in his 30s. Uh, Brandon Brooks, I don't know if he'll be back or not. Uh, so, I mean, even on offense, you have changed. But, I mean, they, they've got to go out and get another receiver. Uh, that's clear. I mean, if I see Jalen Rager out there again, somebody should be fired. Um, he's just not good enough. I'm not as a punt returner, not as a second wide receiver. I mean, they can throw in these damn bubble screens forever. They're not going to work. Uh, they're not all his fault. I mean, the blocking was poor on a lot of them, but they could, you know, that's, that was their answer yesterday. And that's what kind of irritated me about Nick's game plan. You know, when they, when they tightened up, put eight in the box to take away the run, he went to these bubble screens thinking, well, if they're going to pack the inside, you know, you know, we'll, we'll beat them outside with these quick screens. Well, you know, Tampa Bay's got some athletic players and they got out. You know, I mean, play, Nick's not ready to play chess with Todd Bowles. Uh, and that's, you know, he lost that match yesterday in a, in a big way. Damo, we're going to talk about this for the next um, months uh, leading up to the draft. We'll get into it in a month now from free agency, but the redo of the Eagles uh, defense. They need help at linebacker big time. They've got two safeties whose contracts are up who are veteran guys who, yeah, you could go youth in the draft or you could try and get better via free agency. I'm a bigger Steven Nelson fan than Jeff Carr is. He lumped them in with the guys who definitely needed to be upgraded. I don't know about that. I think Steven Nelson is one of those guys who just does what he's told in a Jonathan Gannon defense and he's, Play off. Okay, you got to catch in front of me. I'll tackle. He does his job, play in and play out. I'd like to see him back here, and I thought that should have been one of the guys, how he talked about a contract extension. Maybe he did, and Nelson was just asking for too much money. I don't know, but where are the priorities? If you had to put a list together in order of the priorities, edge pass rusher, linebacker, playmaker all over the field, um, safety, upgrade a quarterback over Steven Nelson, just defense, how would you prioritize position for the Eagles via either free agency or draft? Yeah, I'm going to side with Jeff on uh, Steve Nelson. 
I mean, you, I have you're not... going you're going back down the same route again, buddy. I'm, I'm advising you not to do that. Those tackles you say he made when he got to the ball, he missed too many of them. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he'll be back. Uh, they need I don't think he will up. either because I think someone will disagree with both Paul Domwich and Jody McDonald and probably overpay him. He's good. Yeah. He's, he's above average. I, don't they, know they, why I, I think he did his job this year. That's all I got to say about it. He, he, did, yeah. he filled the role he was supposed to fill. He was not – I mean, on the list of liabilities, he was not, a, he was not their highest one. Uh, and and why, I, I will never question J- Jody McDonald again. So whatever you say, <laughs> Jody, you are right. Feel uh, free. But I'll, I'll just uh, hammer it home when you're wrong. But feel free to question, Domo. Never stop questioning. <laughs> you know, I mean, the first thing we're going to find out is, you know, I mean uh, – They've got all these needs. I mean, you mentioned them all, edge rusher, linebacker, uh, one way or another, a corner uh, and safety. That's a lot of needs. That's pretty much every position. Uh, First thing we're going to see is how many of them are they going to fill in free agency? You know, they're going to have plenty of money to to address. I really haven't looked at the free agency list. I don't know who's going to be available. I'm sure there'll be some impact players and we'll see how much, you know, they believe in some of these guys. I, I, you know, I haven't, I've been, you know, the, 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 my, my problem here with that is they're going to rely a lot on Gannon and his people to, like, give uh, suggestions on people that they may have had experience with. And that hasn't been working well this year. I mean, we saw with Eric Wilson, you know, I mean, he, he didn't work out. He was a guy they knew about. Uh, even Steven Nelson, you know, uh, Anthony Harris, guys like that. So I don't know, you know, they better make right decisions if they go free agency on some of these defensive players. Draft-wise, this is an enormously strong – this is what last year was the, the edge rusher crowd is to is this year what quarterback was last year or was supposed to be. Uh, so they've got to get an edge rusher in that first round. They're also It's also a pretty deep linebacker uh, crop, at least at the top. You know, uh, the kid from Georgia has been mentioned uh, – by quite yeah, a few he'll be gone fans. before any of the come up. Yeah, probably. Uh, but they need a linebacker. Uh, so those, I mean, that's where I would start. Uh, you know, a cornerback, you might be able. I, I might, I might think free agency for that. Same with safety, unless you know, if I don't address them in in free agency, then you look at the draft. But they've got besides those three first round picks. I want to say they got four in the first forty, uh, five in the first fifty, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. But they've got a lot of early picks that they they need to hit on. Uh, I mean, this is this is a year we will either remember Howie Roseman for or condemn him into the you know into the decade uh, for. So, uh, but they've got to make some smart decisions because they this is a an important rebuild on this defense. And we talked about Jason Kelsey potentially being done, you know, with his future Hall of Fame career. There's another longtime Eagle that he kind of indicated he probably won't be back or, you know, or, or he's hoping they'll be back. And that's Rodney McLeod. And, you know, f- for all the injuries he had, I actually thought he had a pretty decent year this year. Do you think the Eagles entertain that? Or do you think they say, you know what, it's you're what, 32, 33 now. It's maybe it's finally time to move on. Yeah. Let me preface that, Jeff, by saying, you know, as you know, I mean, Rodney's one of the nicest, best human beings the Eagles have ever had on one of their rosters. I mean, he's a terrific person, uh, been a great guy in the community, but he's kind of the guy, kind of guy they need to stay away from now. And the, he's the kind of guy that's kind of put him, 
I don't want to say in the spot because they just got old, but you, 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 you know, it, it's the Chase Utley syndrome here. You just got to, you can't keep a guy just because you like him and you want him to succeed. Uh, you know, the problem is he's, he's going to get, you know, he's, he's already had two major injuries. Uh, just like with Brandon Graham, there's probably a good chance he's going to break down again. Uh, you want to keep them. You hope that, you know, that, that if, if Rodney came back, you know, he'd be better next year than this year because he's a year further away from the ACL. Uh, but do you, you know, that's, I, that's not what I want to do if I'm, if I'm the GM, I, I just, I want to get young. I want to stop crossing my fingers on older guys. Uh, if it means not being as, as good early on, I mean, we wouldn't even be talking about this if Kayvon Wallace was better. Uh, you know, I thought he would be, they thought he would be, you know, he hasn't been. So, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that's the way I feel about Rodney. I just, I just don't want to continue to hold on to older players and hope they'll stay healthy. I like the Chase Sutley analogy that you used because I think it's on point. Um, by the way, Eagles three firsts, three fifths this year. Um, they've got their own second, third, and fourth. So uh, only three in the top 50. Their pick is 51 in the second round. Um, so they've, they've got they've got bullets, not an uh, arsenal, but they've got bullets that they can use for this yeah. upcoming draft. All right, uh, Damo, I need a prediction out of you. When the Eagles make a couple of players, and they usually do a handful of players available day after the season ends, certainly we're going to hear from Sirianni, uh, but we'll hear from a couple of Eagle players. Will Kelsey be one of them? Or will Jason Bay go off and say, nah, uh, sorry, I just don't want to do it this year? If I had to guess, I, I think unless Jason's already made up his mind, which I doubt he has, he's going to say, you know, let's do this in, in a month uh, when, uh, you know, when, he's, when, he, when he knows what he's going to do. I mean, it doesn't do him any good, and it doesn't do the media any good for him to go up there today and – you know, say things he's not sure of. I mean, you know, whether or not he's going to be back or not, because I, I, I'd be highly, I'd highly doubt he knows right now. I, I, you know, there's too much emotion still wearing on him, including those holding penalties yesterday that he's that might inspire him to come back. Uh, and, and go, I mean, he might not want to finish his career uh, with the, you know, with the memory of Vita Vea. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, the, the, the thinking was that he wasn't going to be back. I mean, that's, the sense I got from people that around him uh, like a month ago that this was probably it for him. I, I'm just not, I'm not ready to go there yet. I, I just think that he might say, you know what, we got, we got good enough that I want to see if we can be better next year. I want to be a part of that and go out on, on a, on a little better, higher note. Uh, Jody and I talked about this earlier, but Miles Sanders is an enigma with this team because when he plays, He's pretty good. Um, you know, fourth in the league in yards per carry, third in the league in touch and Sierra in the league, but he may not be back in 2022. It's it's a crazy feeling. Do, do you bring him back or do you try to trade him and get some collateral you know before he does become a free agent? Yeah. It would depend on what somebody's offering, Jeff. Uh if, you know, if I'm getting a good offer for him, I might think about it because I really like Kenny Gain Gainwell. Uh, but I think the two of them can complement each other. So I don't think it's necessary, necessarily exclusive of, of one another. Uh, but, but, but Miles is what, this is his third year. He'll be going into his last year of his contract next year. Um, 
So they've got to have a sense of what they're going to do with him long-term. I mean, I thought when they, when they drafted Kenny Gainwell, that it probably meant miles was only going to be here for one contract. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were willing to trade him, if somebody offered them the second round pick they, they got for him or they used on him. So, uh, but that'll be, I mean, there, there's a lot of interesting decisions this year. Like, I mean, even, well, you're not going to get much for Brandon Brooks, but if, if he wants to keep playing, you know, would you just trade him? I mean, they, they, they don't, you know, their offensive line is good enough without, without him, which is I, you know, hard to, hard to believe that, you, you know, you could take one of the best guards in the league, uh, subtract him and still be good. You know, even Jason, I mean, what do you do with If, if he leaves, do you keep Dickerson a guard? Do you move Landon Dickerson to center, which is kind of what their plan was when they drafted him, but he's played so well at guard. I don't, there's just a, I mean, this is going to be a busy off season with a lot of questions. Um, you know, for an Eagles fan, it's going to be a, a really interesting one. So you went, since you went to the offensive line, let me follow up there. I, I both uh, Jeff and I went off early and you followed suit. Jalen Rager should never play another game for the Eagles again. But um, the Eagles seem to be motivated by a draft status of a player. You get a longer leash, you get more chance to prove you're not good enough. Andre Dillard. If a team offers a fourth round pick, do you trade him for a day three pick or do you bring him back and just go, all right, you're joining my lot as caddy. You're a first round pick, but we're not going to give you up for lesser. The Eagles cling to that first round status for me a little bit too much going forward. They should move on from Dillard if they can. What do you think happens with the former first round left tackle pick? Well, that's a good question because, you know, I mean, you got to remember here, the right tackle is getting older uh, and you got to. Yeah, but you know, to... he can't move over there. We did that a couple of times and well, that did not work as an experiment. Maybe if he, maybe with a little practice. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you believe he can't move over, then, you, you know, I mean, I, I would consider trading him definitely. Um, you know, you're right about the draft status. I mean, one of the things that drives me crazy is, and I don't know how you get, I mean, I just feel, I don't understand the Greg Ward situation at all. I mean, he's, he played six snaps yesterday. Uh, Jalen Rager played 53. You know who would have helped that team a lot more? <laughs> Greg Ward. I mean, Greg, Greg Ward is a guy, a quarterback like Jalen Hurts needs out on the field. Uh, I don't know why he isn't. Uh, you know, I don't, if that's, if that's on, if that's on Nick, uh, on Nick, then, then shame on him. If it's on his offensive coordinator, shame on him. I mean, the kid needs to play, uh, whether he was an undrafted free agent who needed three years to make a team or not. Uh, and, and same thing. I mean, cause you got to use the same logic with him as you do with Rager and, but you're right. If Rager's back, there's something wrong here. I mean, it means, it means, it means Howie Roseman has not, is not willing to admit to a mistake. A big mistake. Well, another one, too. Like, I didn't think he had a great year, but for a six-round pick, he did. Wes Watkins. Like, you know, he helps this football team. And for some reason, the Eagles just don't seem to. And, look, he did get open on the one play. Jalen Hurts just didn't see him. But the Eagles just don't seem to utilize him probably the way he should. Not like I'm saying he should be a number two or a number three wide receiver here, but he does provide some value to his football team. And they just don't utilize him the way I think they should. He does, and I think it, it would work out better if uh, if they find us a, a, a number two receiver, a, a bigger number two receiver. 
a guy with JJ size, or Sega white side, that, that's actually good. <coughs> that way you can use um, Watkins a little bit more, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you know, to suit his, to suit his abilities. Uh, you know, he's not a big body and they've already got, you know, they've already got the thin frame guy in Devonta. I mean, he's not, he's not, certainly he's not Devonte Smith, but yeah, I mean, there's a place for him and, I don't think I, I think it's more than on those bubbles, but uh, you know you you don't need both him and Rager to run those bubble screens. I Donald, last question. I asked this of BLG. We had him on earlier. Will this be a front and center Jeff Laurie offseason? Last year had to be because they made the decision to move on from Doug Peterson, so the owner need to come out and explain that. And he went on the record as calling it a transitional year, which. Good job, Jeff Laurie, because at least you sold me on the fact that this was a uh, advancement year. This was a positive year. It was a disappointing day yesterday, but the year still, to me, is considered a success because you labeled it as a transition year. Well, you transitioned into a playoff spot, albeit a newly created seventh seed, which both of them got their asses kicking yesterday. But, hey, they made the playoffs. Are we going to see Jeff Laurie front and center this offseason, or is this a Howie Roseman offseason? I mean, I think we'll see Jeff at some point talk, and I think he'll probably say what you just said, Jody. I mean, he's going to say, you know, we're really happy that, you know, we were a, sort of a re- rebuilding team and we made the playoffs, and a lot of guys showed improvement, and, you know, we're happy with the way Jalen's improving, and, you know, we think we're going to be better next year, and we know we still need to make a lot of changes Blah, blah, blah. I mean, and I'm not saying you should say anything else differently because that's all true. Uh, but I mean, th- that's what you're going to hear from him. I don't think he's going to hide. Uh, there's no need to. Uh, he doesn't have to do any hard explaining about his, you know, about about Nick. Um, so, you know, I-, I would think he'd be only too accessible because there's not a whole lot to, n- to not want to talk about. Damo, great stuff all year. Thank you very much for coming on. You can read him at phillymag.com. The 33rd football team FB. Uh, he will be here uh, for the next nine months leading up to when the Eagles take the game again. We will tap into his expertise plenty. Thanks for jumping on with us as often as you did, bud. Uh, we'll talk again real soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Have a good day. That is Paul Domwich here with us on Birds 365. All right. Jeff Kerr and I need to come out, come back and put a bow on the show. Damn, I don't want to say this, but I got to say it. Put a bow on the season for the Philadelphia Eagles here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. 
That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about, because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. JK, we only got about uh, three and a half minutes left here. So um, rather than me ask you a question, I'm I'm going to give you the floor. Take a minute and a half, two, two and a half minutes, whatever you need to take to put a cap on the bird season this year. Um, it overexceeded my expectations. I- I'll say that. You know, I wasn't sure. I wanted to see Jalen Hurts get the full year. He did. Um, I thought he played – well, I mean, you know, he's only a second quarterback in franchise history and the eighth quarterback in NFL history to throw for 3,000 yards and rush for 750 yards in the season. Yes, Eagles fans, rushing yards do count. They do count for quarterbacks. I think the lazy, knee-jerk reaction is to move on from Jalen Hurts. I really do. Um, You know, if you understand the game of football, you would understand that the offensive line did not play well yesterday. The defense had a lot of problems. I see people who are saying, they would have won that game with Patrick Mahomes. Now they won them. They would not have won that game with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. They would have been more in the game, but they would not have won the game. That's the difference here. I think Jalen Hurts deserves another year with this team. Do I think they should look? Absolutely. That's your due diligence. If you feel, but I'm going to tell you something. Russell Wilson wants to go to New York Giants. He don't want to come here. You don't want to come here. I don't know why you want to go to New York Giants, but I think Seahawks are going to run it back with him. I really don't think he's going anywhere. I'm not sure what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, but I'm pretty sure he will not be a Philadelphia Eagle. I hate to see them go into the Hornets' nest. That is the Sean Watson. Derek Carr would be nice, but again, who knows if he stays in Vegas or not. You know, So you might have to run it back with this guy. Let young players develop. I beg you. I beg you. Let young players develop. Jalen Rager's a lost cause. I'm not saying Jalen Rager. But – Guys with some actual talent like Jalen Hurts, let these guys develop a bit. We don't have to be the hot take media or the hot take anything today and say, this guy can't do it. This guy can't do it. No, Jalen Rager can't do it. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside can't do it. 
Jalen Hurts has the potential to do it. He has the potential to get better. Guys work on their games. They do. If you ever play sports, you know you can get better at something. I'm still trying to get better at bowling, and I'm a 210 average bowling. <laughs> That's the way it is. It's, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, I, again, let's give this guy another year before we decide on his future. If nothing improves or if the Eagles don't get any farther, fine. But the guy's 23 years old. He was youngest quarterback to start a game in the Eagles playoff history. Donovan Knapp struggled early in his career, too, and he turned out pretty good. So, again, I'm begging you. Let's be a little more patient with this quarterback. I think the Eagles overachieved this year. I didn't think they'd be a playoff team. I thought they'd be 8-9. and nine. Yesterday was a bonus. It shows you how much they need to work on to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And don't give me that, oh, they were they wouldn't have been in the playoffs if there was a – well, guess what? There was a seven seed. And 14 teams are going to be in the playoffs, and I hate to tell you, there's going to be 18 regular season games coming up soon. You know, It's not going to be in the next year or two, but it's coming. So there's going to be more regular season games, and there's going to be more teams reaching the playoffs. Embrace the playoff thing. Stop complaining about it. Stop complaining about the stupid things you need to complain about on and Ben on social media. This team is in pretty good shape for 2022. They got draft capital. I'm just going to say that. Just be patient with this quarterback. Give him another year. J.K., yeah, your take is uh, very similar to my take. The two big positions are people going to question during this offseason, because they do every offseason, is quarterback and coach. Neither one of them needs to be worrying about their job this offseason. If they get better, so be it. Yeah, I heard, oh, oh, well, one of my calls on WIP said they should fight Sirianni and hire Flores tomorrow. Really? Uh, That's what you want? The overreactive takes, the hot takes, and like, yeah, we don't need them. Uh, yes, Jeff and I will take strong stands when necessary. Jalen Rager should never play another game in the Philadelphia Eagle uniform. So it's not about staying in the middle of the road for everything. You can take a strong stance on some things. Make them the right things. Don't make it the quarterback. Don't make it the uh, coach. They're both coming back here next season. Uh, unless the Eagles can somehow get their hands on a Deshaun Watson or a uh, Russell Wilson, which I'm doubtful on both uh, ends. Um, no, it's the toughest day of the year. When the season ends, it's the toughest day for Eagle fans, diehard Eagle fans, because you have 300 and change days to win, 275 days to wait until your next Eagle game. I've been in the Delaware Valley for 32 years. I know this is one of the toughest days. Take that measured way of doing things this offseason. There will be decisions made. There will be moves made. Howie Roseman will do things that you'll either agree with or disagree with. Just stay with an open mind about it during this offseason because bottom line is, at least for me, and everybody has their own levels, they were better than I thought they were going to be. From the time the season ended last year, when Carson Wentz started the whole offseason by demanding a trade, to where we got to as of yesterday, they were better than I thought they would be. So for me, that gives you, Eagle fans, the reason and the right to at least cut them some slack during this offseason. Keep in mind that this wasn't supposed to be a Super Bowl team. I saw too many fans say, look what we did in 2017. That 2017 team was 13-2 and going into the last game of the season. Don't compare this team to that team. No, that team was really good. Yeah, oh, we were underdog. Yeah, you were by Vegas standards, but you played all your games at home. You had to go on the road and play the Super Bowl champion yesterday. You had no shot. Keep it in perspective. We'll try and help you keep it in perspective all offseason long. Yours truly with John McMullen. When we need him coming off the bench, Jeff Carr will jump in and help us out to get to a 
long offseason. I know how long the offseason is, but we'll keep you updated all offseason long. JK, thanks for hopping in today. Yeah, always a pleasure working with your brother. We'll do it plenty during this offseason. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a fun year, Jody. I, I'll say that. I can't wait to talk all season with you guys. Can't wait to talk next season with you guys. Uh, got a lot of big things coming up at Jacob Media. I'm excited, man. You got it. And one of those big things is here at Birds 365, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, back in two and two, 22 hours from now. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.